it's a heart posture shift that has now shifted from the goal and the purpose to self. And when self is involved, there's going to be issues with getting to the goal of the purpose. And it's, it's now strained away from what collaboration in an essence really is. We love knowing and keeping secrets. It makes us feel loved. It makes us feel important. It makes us feel valued. But that is the best kept secret. We are loved by the creator of the universe. This season, we are coming together with some of the most beautiful queens that you will ever meet to unpack productivity tips from the Bible. If it's the glory of God to conceal a matter and the glory of kings to search it out, then queen, we've got some work to do. Let's get to it. Hey y'all, it's me Liv and I want to thank you for joining me for another episode of The Best Kept Secret. I am your host for our session today and I am incredibly excited about our interview because y'all, it's the one that is going to bless you. For those of you who I've not yet met, I am an author, a Bible teacher, and someone who is just an enthusiast about life and everything that the Lord is doing in it. And I hope that you and I can find some common points of connection to get excited over because the Lord is yet at work within our lives and the lives of of those whom we love in this world. Y'all, today we are here to continue unpacking productivity tips from the Bible. And if this is your first time joining us, you may be wondering what on earth we are talking about. But the truth is that we go to the Bible for everything. Why not go to the word of God to see what he has to say about what it means to be more productive? I tell you, it's better than those self-help books ever could be in your life. (laughs) We are talking about collaboration today because, come on, it's not rocket science. As that African proverb says, if you want to go fast, you can go alone. But if you want to go far, you better, you better go with someone. All right. That is Liv's interpretation, but it is also really really expounded upon in Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 10. It says two are better than one because they have good return for their work. If one falls down, his friend can help him up. But pity the man who falls and has no one to help him up. Mm. (laughs) Y'all, I cannot tell you how many times I would have closed the nonprofit down if it had not been for the amazing board of directors that I get to work with every single day. I cannot tell you how they have held up my arms. I cannot tell you how they have come along to pray with me, to remind me what it is that God said and and to challenge me to continue following him because I had no peace or permission to shut it down. We have to have friends within our lives whom we can trust 
to speak into those areas that are the most sensitive because I'm here to tell you that those are also the areas that will become the most impactful and have the most meaning within our lives if we steward them well and bring them to those whom the Lord has blessed us to be in relationship with. Today, I want to ask you to stop being afraid of collaboration and to know that it is going to bless you. Honestly, honestly, if you have not yet downloaded identifying insecurity, it's one of those areas that I do hope to help you with because it is so important to recognize that God has blessed us with others so that we don't have to do all the work. For those of you who know my story, you know that I didn't want to found the nonprofit. It was never a dream of mine to run a nonprofit. Ugh. (laughs) But the Lord spoke to me incredibly directly and said, you can either do this the hard way or you can do this the easy way. And when he speaks to me that directly, I know He is not playing games with your girl. So about a year prior to establishing the nonprofit, I started to just interview people and really ask them what it was that helped to establish a healthy business, a healthy nonprofit. And one of the women that I got connected to at a speaking engagement I had really helped other nonprofits to emerge from crisis. She told me that one of the most important parts of the nonprofit is the board of directors because you might be surprised how they can truly overpower the mission and the vision that God has given you and use it for their own benefit and really just um, drive it away from that initial reason it was founded and she talked to me about the devastation that the leaders went through she shared with me how heartbreaking it was for them to continue working um, toward that mission that the Lord had given them when they'd been so hurt and so manipulated and so she encouraged me to pray about my collaborations and I want to do the same for you The board of directors for the Colorfully Candid Paradigm has always been small and we don't have a lot of really important big names that you might get really excited about, but I have never (laughs) gone in search of those because I really pray that those who serve this organization would be those whom the Lord has led to it and that they would see the heart for which we choose to equip girls and women to carry the name of Jesus forward from generation to generation. And that would motivate them to step outside of their comfort zones and really work to serve the organization. So y'all, I have been so super blessed over the past couple of years because of the power of collaboration, but I've also been saddened when I don't see it being used effectively or even at all. 
In 2020, the nonprofit released an anthology and we brought together 22 women all together, myself included, to write a devotional. We'd shared this opportunity over social media and you'd be surprised by how many people came up to me afterwards to say that they wish that they'd had the confidence to do something like that. And it broke my heart because really, truly, we are meant to encourage and fill one another up with the confidence to know that our story matters and that we can work together for the glory of God to shine his light in this earth. And it will be so much more powerfully when we do that as one. It's my hope and my prayer that you will no longer just sit back and watch others engage in beautiful, confident collaborations, but that you will as well. And if you are interested in a little quiz that I have prepared on my website to really speak into your strengths and even into some of those weaknesses and fears that you may have, you can visit livedooly.com slash quiz. And it's there that you will find some really helpful information. After you take the quiz, we will travel through seven weeks together to really help you become the most confident version of yourself. Identify those strengths, who it is that can encourage you in those times of need and how you can move forward to establish collaborations that glorify Christ. I hope you'll head over. The link is down below. Now, I know y'all didn't just come over here to hear me talk, 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 because you know, you know I can. (laughs) But my guest is amazing in every way, and I cannot wait to introduce you to her. Because when I tell y'all, my face dropped when homegirl talked to us about the warning signs that we need to pay attention to when it's time to end a collaboration. Whole face fell whole face fell because it was golden. (laughs) Y'all listen in and enjoy. Let's get into this conversation. My guest is Natalie Willis and this woman is absolutely anointed. It is such an honor to have her here as a guest on the podcast. And we were already beginning to talk a little earlier and our conversation just confirmed <laughs> the very reason that I felt led to invite her to help us recognize the power of collaboration even more. Natalie Willis holds her master's in clinical counseling from Tyndale University and Seminary. And for the past two decades, she has served in various leadership and ministerial roles. She's been a keynote speaker, preacher, teacher, moderator, worship leader, and intercessor for both local and international events. At heart, Natalie's passion has always been to walk alongside, empower, and equip women through sound counsel and practical steps. Come on, come on. I'm so excited about that sound counsel. She does that by sharing how to navigate and overcome life's difficulties. 
She currently serves as an ordained minister at the International Gospel Church of Christ in Toronto, Canada, and she resides in Markham, Ontario with her family. Love God, Love People is the resounding echo of Natalie's heart as she desires to impact lives near and far. Natalie, hello. How are you, sis? I am doing great, Liv. It's an honor to be with you. You are, ooh, every time I think about you, you're just, you're my firecracker. So (laughs) me and Nicole always say that you are a firecracker and it's an honor to be with you. Thank you. I mean, I was so excited when you confirmed. And what was funny about asking and inviting you to be on the podcast was I had to do so during a time that I wasn't on social media. And I was like, searching for your contact information everywhere. Um, But I just bless God for this connection. You know, Nicole, who was the one who initially connected us through Preach Sis, just been a blessing in my life. And the women that she knows are amazing. So I'm going to tell you. I'm grateful. (laughs) Oh, I'm grateful. Now, Fitz, we are in the middle of birthday celebrations. I mean, you just had a birthday and you are about to celebrate it all. And we were beginning to talk about this before the podcast even began to record. So can you tell us a little bit about what you were expecting this weekend? Yeah, so I just turned 40, the big 4.0. And um <laughs> Yes, God has been faithful. I I can't believe it. I felt like I've blinked since high school and now I'm here. And to be honest, I have not celebrated my birthday since I was about 22. And I was going back and forth. Like I think up until maybe the first week in March, I had been going back and forth. I was like, should I celebrate? Should I not? And the Lord was like, no, this year, this milestone, you are celebrating. And what that's going to look like is basically being surrounded by not only just my family, but also the women who have been so impactful on my journey. And these are women stemming from my elementary days, from my high school, from my seminary days, women that I've met even online during uh, the pandemic. It's amazing the connections that have happened during the pandemic. And I am looking forward to having all of my tribe. <laughs> and, and because of limits in capacity, I can't even invite everybody that I'd like, but it's going to be a lot, quite a bit of women that are going to be surrounding me and that have been a part of the journey. And I'm so grateful for each and every one of them. That is such a testimony to your character and what God has done in your life that you can bring together women from each and every season. And I admire that so very much. I'm excited to see all of the footage from your weekend. I know, I know it is going to be amazing and beautiful and Uh, God is just going to exceed every last one of your expectations. So I am really looking forward to that. And that makes this conversation even more exciting because when I would interact with you on social, that was one of the things that I was most encouraged by and interested in. You would have these different posts introducing us in a sense to your tribe from different seasons of your life. And it's clear that God has just moved through your relationships and everything. So I'm excited to get into these questions. Oh, that's my thing, right? <laughs> I would like to ask, 
how would you describe your friendships and its impact on your life? Yeah. So I like to reflect a lot. So as I was thinking about this question, some of the things that I've, you know, kind of reflected on was the fact that when my friendships have been such a gift in this journey called life, and they're really the community that I never realized that I needed. And it's interesting because, you know, due to being hurt in the past many years ago with somebody that was supposed to be close, very close to me, what it did was kind of built up a wall that was in my life. And so I loved having female friendships. I loved engaging, but because of my own hurt, I was afraid to re-engage. I was afraid to let anybody in. And so I find it ironic because what the Lord began to do as I started to more transition my wall to gates <laughs> and allow access is that he started to bring not just any women, but he brought divine sent women because that was my prayer. And he started to bring them one by one in different seasons, not knowing that one of the most difficult seasons in my life, I would need their prayers. I would need their covering. I would need them to, to lean on. And so when I reflect on these friendships that God has blessed me with, I would describe them as being um, authentic and transparent, reciprocal, a source of strength when life happens, sobering, pointing me back to Christ, multicultural, filled with diverse perspectives from various ages, so ranging from 20s to even up 50s, and elderly. They're filled with wisdom and truth. They're a reflection of Jesus's heart and hands in my life. They're life-giving. They're filled with grace and empathy. They have no judgment. And there's so much laughter. They're peaceful. And I just have the freedom to be myself. That is good. That is good. You know, the girls in the Colorfully Candid Paradigm, the teenage girls that I mentor have been answering questions about what does safe, healthy friendship feel like? And, you know, it's crazy. We were just talking last night about how culture presents friendship. And there's, yeah. this, there's this underlying messy tone that we begin to believe all friendships have this aspect of frenemies. And I was really surprised yeah. to see that come out. So yeah. I, I love how you describe your friendships. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're the truth. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, you know, the word tells us that two are better than one. It tells us that they have great gain for their labor. Mm -hmm. And so my question for you is what place does friendship have in collaboration, especially when we consider, you know, business collaborations or ministry collaborations? Yeah. I think collaboration within friendships can be powerful. And I think they can be powerful in the sense that when it's with friends, you ideally know their character. <laughs> you ideally know, you know, their motive, their gifts, their abilities. And so that can sound all good, but I think something to keep in mind is that when there's a, a task and a project at hand, I think it's important that both individuals are mutually committed that they show mutual respect and they have the capacity to be present and available so that the work is balanced and it's reciprocal. 
And I say that because the truth of the matter is that even though individuals can be friends, I have seen friendships that have run into conflict. I myself have experienced, you know, minor conflicts with doing um, projects at school with friends. And it, it can be difficult, especially when it's individuals that, you know, in its entirety, you love them as a person. But then when it comes to doing a task and a job, there is just this sense of the task is the task and the friendship is the friendship. And sometimes those lines can get blurred. Definitely. And, you know, I have found that to be true of my own life. Years ago, I had a very close friend that I just adore to this day. I just adore her life. However, yeah. we began to collaborate in so many things and there were so many overlapping areas that it was almost unhealthy. And that was ultimately probably the thing that separated us because mm -hmm. There was some resentment that began to come in when one would go and do something with someone else. I mean, everything overlapped. And whereas it was fun and it was exciting, it was also a little unhealthy. So my next question for you is how would you define a healthy collaboration? I know that you mentioned that you both need to be mutually committed and have the capacity. But once you identify that you have that capacity, that you're both committed, how can you ensure that the friendship remains healthy, that the collaboration remains healthy, and that you can really do God's work that you've been called to without allowing, you know, all those extra emotions to get into the way? <laughs> yeah, I think that that's a really good uh, question. I was thinking about that and I looked at some sources concerning that. And so one of the things that I would say, I think it's important because collaboration is about two people. And I often say that with people with, even within therapy, I say that, you know, many times we're always engaging interpersonally, but I think one aspect of us, and even within our Christian walk that God really cares about is that intrapersonal, like what is happening within ourselves. And so I think one of the things that is so important when you're doing collaboration is, are you taking care of yourself? Are you, are the parties taking responsibility for their own needs? Because you can't help somebody else if you're burnt out, if you're exhausted, this is going to seep into the collaboration. You can't pour, we know this, can't pour from an empty cup. And when you're committed to being selfless, which I know about people pleasing, and it never works, <laughs> because while you're trying to be selfless, what you're really doing is lacking boundaries <laughs> yeah. and boundaries are important and, and, and boundaries are not negative. Boundaries are actually your safeguard. And so when you're going into these collaborations, you need to ask your questions like, am I speaking up with my ideas? Am I setting boundaries for unrealistic timelines for long, like hours? And am I checking in with myself regularly, asking when I need help, when I feel overwhelmed, or if something is not sitting right? Am I, am I speaking up? Am I engaged? Am I connected to what I am feeling? Or am I committed to being selfless to please the other person, which ends up usually being, like you said earlier, resentment. <laughs> And so that's one area. Um, another area to kind of think about is ensuring that, as I said before, that there's commitment between both parties. And so it can it can take a low, it can take a turn rather, when one party's obviously taking on 
um, more of the task than the other person. And so we have to be aware that there needs to be a sense of equality that one person doesn't feel like they're carrying. And if you are the other individual who is recognizing that, then call it out you know, share it with the person. Like I noticed, you know, you're taking on the, the t- how do you feel about this? Communication is big, not letting things just go done and not speaking um, about it. It can build up resentment. It can build up unsaid things when, if communication was just made clear from the beginning, a lot of the misunderstandings that may happen in collaboration wouldn't happen. Mm-hmm. And um, another area to just think about is the openness to give and receive constructive feedback. Let's be true. When we come into working with somebody, we carry different perspectives. We carry different giftings. And so what really is supposed to happen is that we complement each other. And so if we're afraid of stepping on toes, if we're afraid of saying what we're thinking, we may think that we are keeping the peace because we're afraid of the reaction, but it's actually not advancing the task at hand or the project to be if you're not saying what exactly you're thinking, perceiving, because you could actually be hindering the other individual from making a change so that the project goes even further. Like, let's not forget the goal at hand. Let's not forget when we collaborate that there's a purpose to this collaboration and that is what should be kept in mind. And the last thing I would say is to, you know, set goals and to measure progress. I think it's important in collaboration to have goals and to recognize that it's the focus should not be on having one up on anybody, but it should be, let's do our best. As a collective, we're here to do our best together and to complement each other within this collaboration. And we can go much further together than we can go trying to do our own thing. That's so true. I appreciate even how you shared about the importance of doing the intense work, if we may call it that, the (laughs) deep work at the beginning, because that is going to help you set expectations that are manageable and even navigate conflict in the future. So that is good. I know in the first podcast of this season that I hosted with Amber Calhoun, she talked about the importance of contracts. And I don't think that it is unfair or outrageous or egotistical of anyone to, you know, get their plans and their expectations in writing because it helps to maintain the relationship in the long run. But what say ye about that? What do you, what do you think about that? In terms of contracts? Mm-hmm. Yes. If you guys are, are friends that possibly somebody could feel a little ways <laughs> so yes. to speak about mm-hmm. that, like, you know what I mean? Because as believers, especially we believe our word is bond, like our yay is yay and our nay is nay. And what we say we're going to do, we're going to do. But again, there can just be this fuzzy line when it comes to business and when, you know, legalities can be involved. Sometimes that may be the best option as a boundary. And that's just to, to keep it professional. You know, we're friends, but you also have a level of professionalism that you need to maintain when you're engaging with business. 
Right, right. And I can definitely see someone feeling a type of way <laughs> about a contract for sure. And I think it just as there are levels to friendship, there are levels to contracts, right? If it's a if it's a podcast interview or something, then no, a verbal agreement may be fine. But if you're planning to make money together, you know, and open up an LLC or get a bank account, then yeah, there's levels to that. You can need a, we, we, we even signed one when uh, we were speaking on Preach Sis. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. And I have all of my speakers at the, at the conferences I host do the same. And I always feel like there's a little bit of pushback because people are like, what? What? <laughs> but it's just like, I need us to be in agreement about the expectations. Um, and this is something that I've had to just become more comfortable with over the years, simply yeah. because like I said, there were those boundaries that were just fluid and really hard to, to, yes. uh, to identify where one ended and the other began. And that wasn't sure. so yeah. So good. My next question for you is, you know, you mentioned that it's important people ensure that they are mutually committed and that they both have the capacity to really enter into the collaboration. And once again, there are levels to this. So how would you recommend someone really navigate those initial conversations? Do they both sit down with their schedules? Do they both make a list individually about their expectations and then bring them together as a collective to consider them with one another? What, what would you say friends need to do in this situation? I think it's, it's about sitting down, recognizing what the vision is at hand and the purpose, like this is what's bringing us together. And I think it's, yeah, I think it would help to have those conversations where you come together, you talk about, you know, what are your thoughts or expectations regarding communication, like areas that are going to be essential to allowing this project or collaboration to be, how can I say, be the most beneficial uh, towards the purpose that you both have. Yeah, so good, so good. And then, and then work to define them together. That's awesome. Now, let's say they've done that. <laughs> they've got the contracts. Everything is moving forward smoothly. It's months into the collaboration, even years for others, and yeah. they have a conflict. Yeah. How do you? What recommendations do you have? How should they handle that? Our conversation will be back in just a moment, but for now, I'd like to invite you to get connected to The Heart, the email newsletter that I send in partnership with the Colorfully Candid Paradigm. It's through The Heart that we'll have the opportunity to introduce you to what our ministry partners have going on what featured interviews we'll be hosting in the Colorfully Candid Collective, and who will be joining me for the live recording of The Best Kept Secrets. It's my hope that you will be there right along with us. Now, go on and click that link in the description or the show notes, and let's get back to our conversation. I would say communication is number one, as I just said before. The thing is that conflict can be very uncomfortable. 
I remember myself just feeling so uncomfortable when it came to conflict. But we know from like both a biblical and like a practical standpoint that we're called to engage in truth. You know, we're called to not avoid that elephant in the closet that's there. We're called to deal with what the matter is. And so I find that most of the time conflict happens from a level of sometimes in many cases, disappointment. And disappointment stems from unmet expectations. And so when we have unmet expectations, what really needs to be in the midst of that is a level of grace, because at the end of the day, we're all human. We are dealing with humans that have the capacity to make a mistake, (laughs) you know, say something wrong. Or, you know, inevitably we can't control what other people do, but when conflict happens, I think that we need to ask God for the grace to deal with it head on. And to be honest about how you feel about what's happening and to listen to the other individual with the goal of understanding rather than just wanting to be heard. Many times when we have conversations with people, we say that we want that that we're trying to get an understanding, but what many times we're trying to do is just get our opinion across. We're not listening to understand what another person is saying. And so before becoming, you know, even defensive, it's important to empathize. Like if somebody's saying, I feel a certain way, I think it's important to empathize and put yourself just for a moment in that person's shoes and ask yourself, how would I really feel if I was in the opposite shoe? Does this person, what they're bringing to me warrant truth? And maybe if they felt offended, if they, if we're having conflict in certain ways, like actually put yourself in the other person's shoes and think for a moment, wow, perhaps if that was me, I would, yeah. I would feel, and be honest about that so that you can, if needs be, apologize. You know what I'm saying? Like, even if the collaboration ends, if the friendship has been preserved, you won. Yes. Even if it, 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 it has to go, I, I would prefer, and in some cases you don't have control over that. But I would rather the relationship, at least in the end, be preserved. Unfortunately, if the collaboration had, even if the collaboration has to end. Absolutely. That is so good. That is so good because it is ultimately about preserving the relationships and ensuring that we do love people above the purpose, you know, because God loves people and he will accomplish his purpose, but he loves people. And so often we have our eyes on that big thing over there, you know, and he's like, no, 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 (laughs) I'm doing something within you (laughs) in this moment that is actually a part of my purpose. So just, yes, yes. Preserve the relationship with others. And I also think it's important to preserve, you know, the opportunity to have a testimony that reflects his goodness and his faithfulness. I had a really hard, hard conflict in one of the collaborations that I facilitated years ago. And 
I had every right to be, you know, upset. I had every right contractually to be disappointed and to hold others to this specific standard that we'd all agreed upon. And after I addressed it, the Lord said, now pray. Now pray, because a part of this is spiritual warfare. And I prayed before, mind you, but it came so quick um, that he said, now pray. And so in the middle of this conflict, I got on my knees and I just began to pray for all of us. And we were able to move forward. And the contract was null and void because we had kingdom work to do. And so it was just important that, you know, I, I, embrace some empathy and some humility because <laughs> those relationships are important. <laughs> oh yes, they are. And it's, it, and you're right. It, it takes prayer, sis. It takes prayer and, and, and for God to give you the, the heart posture and, and the capacity to do it because pride be rising up. I'd be rising up. <laughs> okay, so the last question I have on the subject for you, and I absolutely believe that this is helping some folks. I'm excited about the collaborations that are going to be strengthened from this time. And I hope that anybody that's listening doesn't ever feel like it's too late to set expectations because it's never too late for that. I think the biggest thing that you've highlighted in all of this is to communicate, 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 communicate. <laughs> It's underrated. It's work and you got to be intentional about it. (laughs) So true. But once you have fought for the relationship and the collaboration, even you've recognized that there's been some spiritual warfare, you have prayed and you feel like it's time to end the collaboration. What would you identify as some warning signs that people should pay attention to? Like, I think as we've been talking about what collaboration is, it's about a purpose and and it's about a, a goal. And I think when collaboration has now, in some sense, become a competition. <laughs> my eyes just got big, y'all. <laughs> That's my <laughs> word. <laughs> yeah, when, and, and it's, it's sad because, what that does, what that is really in essence is it's, it's a heart posture shift. <laughs> it's a heart posture shift that has now shifted from the goal and the purpose to self. And when self is involved, there's going to be issues with getting to the goal of the purpose. And it no, it's, it's now strained away from what collaboration in an essence really is. And it it will be highly conflictual because there's no agreement. Like you said, how to walk if we're not in agreement, if I'm going towards purpose and you're about yourself and you're competing, then we can't collaborate because there's no submission. There's no mutual submission to the goal or to the vision. I would say it's time to exit, to be honest, or signs when the remarks or comments become insultive and, and shift to this character attack. You can talk about the issue at hand without attacking somebody's character. But when you start attacking the person themselves, sis, I think that's an indicator that, you know, let's reconsider this now. Because that now can become very um, hurtful and, and painful. 
And so I would also say something to look at is when the arising conflict cannot be resolved after countless attempts. So we keep talking about the same thing, but we can't come to a place of agreement. And it's just an ongoing place of, you know, fighting or some of the things that I previously mentioned. It's, it's time to consider, you know, possibly parting ways. And I would also say when there has been a violation of trust within the collaboration itself or the friendship. I mean, if you don't have trust, if you don't have that loyalty there, character of a person is more important to me than the work. If you have character, I'm pretty confident in, in what we can do together. But if your character is shady <laughs> and there can't be trust and there's been violation, I'm going to be wary of wanting to walk hand in hand with you or walk together towards this purpose because you can flip at any moment. You can change your mind. You can, you can turn. And so, yeah, I would say that those are some of the, the warning signs that I would definitely look. Those are the things that would definitely make me say, wait a minute, and really consider that maybe it is time for this to come to an end. Wow. I wasn't expecting any of that. I don't know what I was expecting. I don't know that I had an answer for that question. (laughs) My goodness. Oh, y'all. I just need you to go back and replay that because I definitely am. And it requires us to look at our own heart, right? Because when you feel like you're feeding into some weird, odd sense of competition, then it's definitely going to require you to check your own heart and see, is this coming from within me? Or is this now something that has entered into the relationship that I'm trying to keep up with? Yes. Competition, conflict over time, again and again, that can't be resolved and character. We know that the word says bad company corrupts the character. Yeah. That is important because your character is your reputation. Your character represents and reflects your name. And the Bible tells us that a good name is important. Mm. I appreciate all of this. I mean, when you say that you bring the sound counsel and the practical steps you do, because I know that the listeners have something to put in place from this point on and a few things to reflect on as well. So Just phenomenal. Thank you so much for your time. Oh my goodness. It's been an honor, sis. It's Uh, been an honor. Oh my. (laughs) All right. I have some fun little questions. It's the best kept secret. Just let us know the secret. (laughs) They're not really ever secrets, (laughs) but you know, maybe one or two is. So first thing I want to ask is where are you heading? What are you doing first on a day off? Ooh, on a day off, to be honest, because I'm a, because I'm an an extrovert, I get my fuel. So I love, honestly, if I have time off and I have maybe a girlfriend that's off or whatnot, I love to like meet for lunch or just like, I love food. It's a love language to me. (laughs) So getting together with a friend and just connect really refuels me. It really uh, gives me a lot of strength. I have grown over the pandemic to love the beach. Yeah. The beach will call me for quietness and stillness. And yeah, those are two of like my favorites. I love it. I love it. All right. Next question is what is one book that you would recommend? 
you know what? I'm going to put it right here. <laughs> so this book honestly has been uh, life-changing. This just has to, this kind of stems from my own journey. And I was really interested in what the Bible had to say concerning, you know, toxicity and how Jesus dealt with toxic individuals. And so I have been navigating through this book called When to Walk Away. Wow. And that is a beautiful cover, but I'm even interested in it because it goes with our conversation almost perfectly. Gary Thomas, definitely recommend that name. Tell us about it. (laughs) So it is honestly, sis, it's a game changer because oftentimes we believe that when we're engaging with individuals, you know, in church and in the kingdom, and a clear example is, you know, when Nehemiah was building the wall and Sambalat and Tobiah, they came and they, they tried to manipulate him to stop. They tried, they, there were so many tactics. And so basically in a nutshell, the author's posture is that toxic individuals exist in the kingdom. And it's time that believers with regards to this subject matter in specific begin to be yes, gentle as doves, but wise wisdom. Wisdom is the principal thing. And it so I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm almost finished it, but believe you me, sis, this, this book needs to be had. I'm adding it to the list immediately, yeah. immediately. Yeah. Last question. What do you surround yourself with? What do you invite into your space to help you to slow down? Oh, When I want to slow down, and it's funny because um, in the past year, year and a half, I built in my basement what I call um, my woman cave. (laughs) And I, and I needed it um, as, as exactly what you said, because I can grind. I can be on the go doing multiple things at one time. And I think for me, quietness slows me down because I'm so surrounded by by, you know, I have a daughter, I'm surrounded by the work that surrounds me. I'm surrounded by, you know, constantly this interpersonal connection all around that when I want to be within myself, I really have to be intentional about, you know, coming down to my woman cave and being by myself. I love playing me some prophetic worship, Mm -hmm. prophetic worship, just musical, not even words. I've grown to love just musical and just allowing it to fill my atmosphere in my vehicle as I said in my woman cave and being surrounded by words that that God has given me sometimes when I need a reminder a grounding of you know it's not about what I do that I'm not a human doing but I'm a human being (laughs) and God wants me to be I, I, I will look, I have like my vision board around, I'll have scriptures around, I'll have promises that God has given me. And honestly, when I look at those words, it just grounds me back. And it's like, daughter, you don't have to do anything for me to love you. I just need you to be right now. Yeah. And though that thought in those words alone slows my whole entire being, um, you know, physically, emotionally, everything just slows down. And I just literally just bask in his presence and just learn to be still. I I learned learned to be still. (laughs) Yeah, that's so good. I love these questions because even when you all speak about 
different things. You remind me of other things that I used to do or what I need to get back to. I still play, you know, kind of um, soft worship music without any words at night when I'm about to go to sleep. But there were, there was a season of my life where I just played prophetic worship as well and and soaking worship without the words and everything like that and I enjoyed that season I did I did so that was very helpful for me would you be so kind as to pray for the women here and their collaborations and friendships as we prepare to head out absolutely Dear Father, we just thank you so much because your daughters are created as the Omago Day. They are in your image. And part of that image, God, is our capacity to have relationships. You formed the first relationship in the garden with Adam, God. And you said that it's not good that man should be alone. And I don't believe that you were just talking in the capacity of him having Eve as his rib right beside his side. But I believe that that even extends in our journey with you, that you did not create us to walk this journey by ourselves. That you, Father, intended that we would have individuals around us, godly friends and friendships that would not only be grounded places in our lives, would be an encouragement that would lift us up and that would cover us, God, in some of the most difficult and hard seasons of our life. I know, Father, that I have been a recipient of divine friendships that have been such a blessing to me. And so I pray for each and every woman that is listening, that Father, you would send those divine friendships, God, and that you would give women the heart and the capacity to receive those friendships. If there is areas of their hearts that are just a bit hesitant towards being open, I pray that you heal those places of their hearts, God because that is a gift that you have given us in this earth. And it is your will that we prosper as our souls prosper, God, and that it is your will that we walk with the wise and that we receive the counsel of those that you divinely place around us. And so, Father, I thank you for every collaboration that will be made. I thank you that it will be moved forward with discernment with prayer, and with a heart to accomplish the goal and the purpose at hand. And if there's conflict that arises, Father, we ask for your wisdom, your knowledge, and your understanding as we navigate those differing situations. Lord, we thank you that you give us this beautiful gift, and I pray that we will receive it. We will walk in it. We will grow in it. And we will lift each other up in it. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen and amen. I am so excited about what God is doing in your life. And I would be honored to hear which part of this show resonated with your heart. Make sure that you take a screenshot of this podcast and tag me at Candid Live on Instagram. 
It would be so nice to connect with you and even feature you right here on the show. Until then, know that I am praying for you. I know that you're praying for me too. Love you.